Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, look at your name and say, buckle up. I just haven't stopped from last week. How many were here last week? I, I haven't calmed down. If anything, I have uh, gotten more jacked about what... Uh, so I didn't come to preach to people. I didn't come preach to unbelievers this morning. If you're still an unbeliever, you missed a moment. You can go ahead and accept the Lord now. I'm serious. If you didn't hear the prophetic word that Emily gave, you need to come to Jesus now. And, and if you want to get anything out of this, you need to go ahead and get saved at the top of the sermon because... You ain't going to get the sermon if you don't. Because I didn't come to preach to people that just want to go to church. I came to preach to people that want to be the church. People that are tired of the religious usual. People that are fed up with the status quo. People that aren't afraid to make a few waves. Listen, can I tell you something? When Jesus showed up, religious people didn't like it. When Jesus showed up, he just, quite frankly, just flipped the religious people off. And if you don't know what that means, you, you need to wake up. He just came and shook things up. He'll, he'll, did you know Jesus will, if they told you that when you got saved, everything was going to be cool, calm, and okay, they lied to you. Because when you come to Jesus, He's going to get in the middle of your life. He's going to change your ideas, your agendas. Can I tell you something? He'll get in the middle of who you're going to marry. He'll get in the middle of your sex life. He'll change it. Can I talk to adults this morning? Or I got to talk to you like a bunch of babies. God wants to change your life. And if you come to Christ, get ready, because He will. You'll be wondering who's in charge, and it won't be you. I came to preach to people that were in grown-up pants this morning. I, I came to, to just kind of go ahead and keep shaking your world and see what happens. You got a Bible? If you got a Bible, I want you to stand with me this morning. I said stand. It wasn't a request. When I grew up, you stood when you read the Word. You stood because the Word was worthy to be appreciated and worthy to be praised. And you listened to the Word and you expect faith to come by the hearing of the Word. You expect your life to be changed because of the Word. Isaiah chapter 6, reading in verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, we'll put it on the screen for you. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne. Sometimes something has to die before you can see. Sometimes there's stuff blocking your vision. High and exalted, and the train of his robe, or his glory, filled the temple. Above him were seraphims. Each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two wings they covered their feet. And with two of them they were flying. Angels couldn't look at him. And they were calling to one another, Holy Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe is me, I cried. I'm ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it. Say, he touched my mouth. Mm. I could just preach on, he touched my lips. I don't think anybody's saved until their lips. Mm. And said, behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away. And your sin is purged. Master, I pray this moment for just a few minutes that you would allow this, your servant, to be anointed to preach your word. That, Father, for a few moments, all the distractions would be removed from the hearts of your people. That they might hear the word of God and that they might be filled with faith. And they might break those things that bind them and hold them. And they might move from this place different than when they came in. I pray this morning that everything that can be shaken would be shaken. I pray that, Father, you would remove those things that have hindered us, that we might be transformed to be like you. 
All of this I ask in the name of Jesus, my master and my Lord, and all God's people said, you can slap somebody on the way down. Uh, The Bible says that everything was shaking. The Bible says that when the angels begin to sing, that the doorposts begin to move. The Bible says that they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy. From my position, he's holy. And from my position, he's holy. And from this position, he's holy. From the Baptist position, the Methodist position, the Catholic position, from a black and a white and a red and a yellow and a green, I don't care where you're at, when you look at him, he's holy. He is whole, sanctified, above and beyond, higher than you can ask, bigger than you can imagine. If you've ever seen the Lord, the only thing you can do is go, oh my God, he's holy. I love what the prophet said, I'm ruined. You ever ever seen something that was ruined? Well, let me tell you, go get your wife's tea towel and wash your hubcaps. She'll explain to you what you just did to that tea towel. She'll let you know what you ruined. How many of you have kids? I, I, I got two boys. I don't know which one did it, but I remember my dad had a set of chisels, and there was a quarter inch and a half inch and an inch, and they're not a screwdriver. Now, man, I'll get that. The woman got right. You can ruin some things. If you're not careful, you can use that thing for the thing it wasn't meant to be used. You, you ever wore the wrong shoes? to the wrong place, and you ruined the shoes. You, you, you can ruin stuff if you're not careful. I don't actually think that's the way this word's being used. I, I mean, it, how many of you like steak? Two, okay. Are you from Connecticut? If you're in Kansas, how many like steak? Can I tell you, if you ever eat a piece of Sean's grass-fed Angus, you will be ruined. And you'll go to Florida and they'll tell you, we're going to take you get steak. And I'll go, how dumb are you? You're in Florida. You have fish. You don't have steak. See, if you ever had a good steak, you're ruined for that stuff you go to Applebee's and get. See, if you ever have a piece of Martha's pecan pie. Mm -hmm. No, no. Martha's. If you ever wear a good pair of shoes. I mean a nice pair of shoes. I'm not talking about them 1995 things. I'm talking about, you know, anytime they offer you two for one, forget it. Nice pair of shoes. You'll be ruined. If you ever go to Table Rock Lake with me, you will never, ever want to go back to Cheney. I I, I love you, but you ever experience a real lake? If you ever watch KU football, I had your KU basketball, right? If you ever watch KU basketball, you never, hey, what about Kansas? Cali and Coffeeville? Coffeeville won? Kansas, all Kansas. It's been how many, 60 years since two Kansas teams? I lost you. See, if you ever kiss the right girl, I'm telling you, you ever kiss, I, I kissed Ann on our third date, and we were done. That's over. We was getting married. I went home, told my best friend, I said, we're getting married. He goes, how do you know? I said, I kissed her. See, uh, yeah, never mind. I don't go there. In the year that King Uzziah died, in the year that that thing that was blocking your vision of God died. See, we have these things that we exalt in our lives and, and, and they block us from seeing the presence of God. One of my questions this morning is what's blocking your view? What has taken your attention to the degree that you cannot see the glory of God. Religion blocks our view. Quite honestly, particularly American religion blocks our view from the glory of God. Most of American religion teaches us what to, not to, who's in, who's out, what's good, what's bad, and you old worm. But, but something that blocks your view, Isaiah had faith in Uzziah, and Uzziah was gone. And when those things go, then it says, I saw. Touch your neighbor's eye, I saw. See, if you ever see the Lord and his throne and, and his glory and his robe, it will ruin you. 
It will destroy all the other things in your life that have kept you focused on the wrong thing while you've missed the right thing. You'll see the glory is the only begotten Son of God. He said, He is the radiant expression of God's glory. You'll begin to recognize that glory is not just some bright light, but the glory is the essence, the weight, the being, the character, the virtue of God Himself. It's the personal revelation. He said, I saw the Lord. I, I, I didn't hear it from somebody else's testimony, but I have encountered the Christ. It's one thing to know about him. It's another to encounter him and fall off your donkey into the dust and see the glory of God. I think today that we as American Christians need to encounter that glory. Amen. We need to see the glory of God. We need to see that reality. And one of the ways that that is done is when you can hear the sound of angelic. There's so many people that don't believe in angelic things. So many people that don't understand that he has assigned angels to every one of us. At my latest calculation of angels and human beings, there's about 40,000 angels per one human. And they hearken unto the voice of the word of the Lord. That means if you just speak the word of God, angels could move on your behalf. But if you keep criticizing and cussing, angels remain unemployed by you at least. I've asked the Lord to let me have yours. If you don't want to use them, I can. <laughs> angels begin to call to one another. And at the sound of the worship of an angelic being, it says the thresholds begin to move. In other words, that door right there begin to move back. Can I tell you that when we worship, God enlarges his habitation. Amen. That when we abandon ourselves to sing as the angels are singing, that the, the, the expression of his kingdom goes out into the street over there on 23rd Street. That it'll move to the north, the south, the east, and the west. That the authority of God goes further every time God's people begin to sing with the angels. That when we begin to praise, he expands his domain. And the principalities and powers and rulers of high places that have been hindering the community gets in... Oh, you're not... But you can sit there like a spectator and not participate... See, all over my, for 40 years of my life, I've been calling people into this praise experience because God expands his kingdom when people move beyond the status quo and begin to get radical about the God that saved their life. And when you truly realize that God saved you, then you don't care what somebody else is thinking. You don't care what somebody else is imagining. You, all you know is glory, 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 Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy, holy, holy is the God that saved me. Amen. And we begin to join with that. Isaiah said, the whole world. Say the whole world. Do you know there is no place God's not? Amen. Did you know that there is no place that you can go and God's glory is not? In fact, Isaiah goes on to say that God created man for his glory. Corinthians says that man is the glory of God, that you were created in the other Bible or in the other translation says you were crowned with honor and look at the neighbor and say, you're wearing a crown of glory. See, if you ever stop looking at the things of this world, you begin to find the glory of God hidden in the most unlikely places. That God's glory is hidden behind the visible, and behind that, there is this reality that God's presence is everywhere. And you know that. God's omnipresence is everywhere. But you can be aware and in the omnipresence of God and miss the manifestation, the revealed glory. Jacob laid down in a desert one day and laid his head on a pillow, had a vision of God, woke up the next day and said, surely the Lord was in this place and I did not know it. I know Christians all around me that are living in the presence of God and they do not know it. They are picking their nose and watching television, criticizing their neighbor, missing moments, all because they're unaware. They're distracted by Uzziah's. They're distracted by those things that have captured their attention and they're missing the very glory in the presence of God. Two men on the road to Emmaus and Jesus starts walking with them and they're unaware. This morning, God is in this place. The question is, is can you see him? 
The question is, can you recognize him? The question is, is that when you look into the world in which you're living, are you aware that there are angels shouting? If you go into 2 Chronicles chapter 5, it says 120 singers and the trumpeters and the, the flag wavers and the tambourine players said they separated from all their division and became as one. And when they begin to worship the Lord, saying, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever, that the glory of the Lord so filled the place that the ministers could not move. Say with me, he never changes. When God's people become one together in praising Him. Let me just, let me, let me tell you something. You ain't never going to get people to agree. I've been doing this for 40 years. You people are never going to agree with each other. You're going to say this about that, and this about this, and this about that. You got all kinds of opinions. You ain't never going to agree. But if you could unite in worship for Him. If you could bring your silly idea and you bring your silly idea, you, if we could just unite in worshiping Jesus as we were a few moments ago, if we just unite that Jesus is Lord and His mercy endures forever, can I tell you, He'd change you when you're wrong. Amen. And He'd change me when I was wrong. And instead of you trying to change me and me trying to change you, if we just all begin to shout Jesus, then God's glory could come. And if you're wrong, He'll change you. And if I'm wrong, He'll change me. And we'd be one. But you see, you've gotten caught up in the media of the world, and you're all trying to figure out, how can we agree? You can't. Just get married. Oh, you didn't get it. <laughs> and I don't agree over 90% of the stuff. We agree on one thing. She loves me, and I love her. Now, we don't agree on much else. I think that tea towel cleaned that hubcap pretty good. <laughs> she did not agree with that. <laughs> But we're still married. It's an interesting thing. People come to me for counseling most of the time, and it's over tea towels. I ain't never going back. I can see, I can see it. Say with me, it's the same. If we begin to sing and shout, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. If we begin to just worship God with an unashamed way. See, some people have gotten so caught up in the ritual that they're missing the reality of God that is revealed in the middle of the shout. Amen. In the middle of that praise, here comes God and the doors move. Jesus shows up and says, I'm the door. And you never find the door. The door comes to you. Yeah. Jesus always comes to you and says, here I am. He, he, mm. But the church becomes evangelical when she begins to worship. When the church begins to worship here, then the things begin to move and encompass the world around us. We can make a difference in this community. We can make a difference in the world. Simply, did you say, I'm ruined. I'm just ruined. I can't do anything but praise. I can't do it. Last night, I was outside on my deck just dancing with the dog. It's been, how many of you had a good day yesterday? I had a good day yesterday. I mean, when you live in Kansas and it's 72 degrees and there's no wind blowing. If you're not happy, we need to save you. Hold you under the water again. Because it's a pretty day. I, I worked outside all day. I got this big deck and now I'm out on the back of the deck just jumping and shouting. Thank God I don't have neighbors. <laughs> Everything. God comes in your life and he takes that which you cherish and he turns it around. He takes that which you once thought and he changes it. He takes that which you were once satisfied with and lets you become wholly dissatisfied. He comes in and begins to alter everything in your life. You'll be ruined. You'll be ruined for anything other than following Jesus. That's why Christians who used to be engaged are so depressed. I'm serious. I know Christians that used to be engaged, they're sitting at home thinking you can get it through that. Listen, there's no reason if you're living in this community, you're not in church. You're just lazy. I love you. There was a time you needed to stay home. This ain't that time. And I'm tired up to hear people tell me, well, church is going to change and it's going to become all video. It's going to become all and we're going to reach. Can I tell you something? You can't touch people through that thing. Just like Facebook is a lie when they tell you they're a friend, so is it when you think you're in the presence of God just because you watch TV. See, that's too easy. That didn't put any skin in the game. Doesn't cost you anything. Some of them are going, I'm turning him off. Bye. <laughs> These people are listening to this abuse. 
See, you got to risk telling it like it is. If you ain't worthy of telling it like it is, and all you're doing is three points in a sermon, you might be gathering people, but you're not creating any place for the glory of God to bring about a conviction to the lives of people that will lead them into the reality of transformation. And we came so that people could be convinced of the presence of God and be convicted into the reality of being converted into a follower of Christ. Otherwise, we're just playing three points in a sermon. See, we have been called to hear and see angels. We have been called to give our lives to such a way that we are ruined for the things of this world. Moses was ruined. On the backside of a desert, he saw a bush burning and not consumed. On the top of the mountain, he looked at God and said, show me your glory. He said, God, if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to go into the promised land. He said, I have found what I'm looking for, and it is your presence, not the promise. And he began to realize and say, God, I want to see your glory. Anybody here want to see the glory of God? I want to see the manifest. I don't want to just live by faith that sometime when I die, I see his glory. Can I tell you, after I die, I'm not even sure I'm in... I need it now. I need it today. On April the 25th of the year of the Lord, 2021, I need the glory of God to help me raise grandkids. I need the glory of God to help me get through pandemics. I need the glory of God to help me maneuver through the problems of life. You need the manifestation of the glory of God in your life, and you have to be willing to risk everything you've got to stand into that place and lean into it. And Moses said, show me your glory. And God said, well, I'll show you my goodness. Goodness. Wouldn't you just like see goodness of God? See the goodness of God. Wouldn't it be nice if the body of Christ just treated each other with goodness? They'd just be nice to one another. Be kind to one another. Be respectful to one another. Lift one. And God said, I'll show you my goodness. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If you ever come to the realization that God is good all the time to you. That even if you're living in the midst of what you think is a problem, God is going to take that problem and turn it around for your good. If you ever get up in the morning and realize, even if the day looks like heck, you can expect God to take that day and make it good for you. It is all good. God, I just got to dance. God is good to me. He was good to me in the middle of the pandemic. He was good to me in the middle of Sean's diagnosis. He's been good to me in every area, every season. I love growing old because God's getting good to me while I'm old. Oh, you didn't see it. God is good to us in every season. And most of that's determined by the way you perceive God's presence in your life. And that perception of God in your life is never quite as clear as when it is when you face the problem and realize your purpose. It's a problem. Uzziah died. That's a problem. But did you know every problem will cause you to reveal and remember your purpose? That every time you face a problem, there is a good opportunity there for you to recover the purpose of your life because the purpose of your life is to praise Him. The calling and the purpose of your life is to give thanksgiving and praise to God. There is no other purpose for a human being other than everything that has breath. Anybody who got breath is to praise the Lord. Your entire purpose, I have people thinking they're going to come here and begin to preach. Listen, baby, the Bible says you go out there and preach. I'm preaching in here. This is a school. This is a, you didn't get it. Your job is to go praise. I mean to walk into the worst of situations and praise God. If anything was revealed in 2020 is how many people lost their purpose and their praise in the face of a pandemic. And the truth of the matter is, is when there's a problem or a pandemic, you recover your purpose and you begin to praise God with more intention than you. Now that we're almost through it, could you go ahead and just shout? I mean, literally, don't, don't look at your neighbor. They're going to worry about you. Oh, well, I'll keep driving. David was ruined. David got ruined. Can I tell you that shepherd boy turned king got ruined? Can I tell you when he really got ruined? It was after the war was over. He was sitting in Jerusalem and he saw Bathsheba. He had too much time on his hands. Did you know time can dilute your passion? I know a lot of people that time has polluted their passion. They got saved 50 years ago, but they dead already. I'm serious. Time can dilute your passion. You, you were excited when you came to Christ and Christ came to you, but time can dilute your passion. <laughs> mm. And people, people can pollute your passion. Yeah. 
You hang out with people that aren't passionate about Jesus and it'll pollute your faith. It'll pollute it. I mean, it'll pollute it. I mean, there's some people I walk away from and I need a shower in the car. I, I, I bought one of them squirt bottles, you know. One, I bought one of them because there was times I'd walk away from people. I'd go, wow. Hand sanitizers. I mean, we needed to be using that. Have you ever just walked out of some place? Ain't no virus there. Just Time will dilute your passion and people can pollute it. And you need to recognize that David, when he got sidetracked by Bathsheba and he murdered her husband and he slept with her and the child died, he had a problem. He had a problem. And that problem was going to be revealed by that sin. And when sin is uncovered, it's a good day. And when sin gets uncovered, he had an opportunity there. And he pleaded with God for forgiveness. Cast me not away from thy presence. I know I sinned. See, there's something worse than the sin, and that's not recognizing that God has the ability to forgive you of that sin. Some of you are trapped in the reality that you've never owned the problem. But David owned the problem and said, do whatever you want to do. Just don't take me out of your presence. Just don't remove me because one day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. One thing I have desired and that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and that I might behold the beauty of the Lord. God, you withhold no good thing from those who seek you. You give them both grace and glory. And David said, I'm ruined. Without you, I'm nothing. And David sought the presence of God even in the face of his problem and even in the face of that lapse of memory. And David said, I've got to have your presence. Anybody here just understand, I've got to have that glory that Isaiah speaks about. I've got to have that glory that filled the temple. I've got to have that glory that comes into my life even when I know I've sinned. Even when I know I'm unworthy. You see, religion will have you hang back and hang out. And the truth of the matter is, this is the time to run right back into the presence of God. The truth of the matter is, is now's the time to recover everything we lost last year. Now's the time for there to be a return to the house of God. Now there's a time. Not to sit back on our laurels. Not to hang back because we think we've sinned. You know how many people hang out and stay back because they've sinned and they tell me, well, when I get it back together, I'll come back. Honey, you ain't never getting it back together until you come back. Oh, you better listen to me. And David said, I need your presence. And David said, I'm going to go down to Obed-Edom's house because there's a box down there. There's this little box down there called the Ark of the Covenant of God. And in that box, there's these reminders of previous promises that God made to his people. And on the top of that box, there's these two angels that form like this, and they're sitting there. And that box represented the presence of God. It's a symbol, it's a sacrament, it's a metaphor, it's a shadow and a type of the reality of the presence of God. But in the Old Testament, the power and the presence of God is revealed through shadows and types. And David said, I got to have that. So he walked 14 miles outside of the city and he went down there to get that box with these statues on it. And can I tell you something? He didn't go down there for the piece of furniture. He went down there because on the top of that box set the Shekinah glory of God. On the top of that mercy seat set the Shekinah glory. And the Bible says there was a blue flame that went up out of it. The Bible says that when that was placed in the inner courts, that the blue flame comes straight up out of that box. It meant that the presence of God was tangibly seeable there. And David went down there to get that blue box with that that box with that blue flame to carry it back. And he did it wrong. He didn't do it right. See, there's a pattern for the presence of God. You can't mishandle the presence of God. The reason why the presence of God is not working more and more in our churches is we think we can sing three songs three times each, read a little verse, tell a little story, and bless you and let you go. No, the presence of God will never be pulled in on the back of the people singing on the stage. The presence of God will never be pulled in by me working hard. The presence of God is the work of sanctified people who understand that they are to participate in the process of going down and receiving the presence of God. And he did it wrong. He put him on an orange cart and tried to pull him back and the thing began to shake. Did you know God will shake too long, shout too loud and stay too long for most people? Notice how quiet it gets in this Pentecostal house. 
God will get way too loud, shake too hard, and everybody wants to calm it down. So Uzziah reaches out to touch the cart and calm it down. Calm down, pastor. Just calm. I don't understand why they shout. I don't understand why they sing so long. I don't understand. I don't understand. And the guy died. And David went back and consulted and said, how do I do this? What's the proper order? And when David went back, he began to kill goats or begin to kill bulls. And for 14 miles, they sacrifice blood. And it says, and the people begin to dance. They begin to dance 14 miles from there to Jerusalem. And when he got there, he shouted to those doors, which you've been singing, open up the gates and let the King of glory come in. Say with me, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The pattern doesn't change. We're not cutting up bulls. But I'm telling you, we are supposed to be praising God. Jesus is the lamb that was slain. But you and I have been called to give a sacrifice of praise. You and I have been called to use our lips and to use our hands. Let men everywhere lift up holy hands. Men, you hear me. If you ever get beyond yourself and you can just lift your hands up in the middle of your home and begin to praise God, I'll tell you, demons will break off. Some of you are sitting at home and you're, oh my God. Boy, if you haven't seen me get nuts, hang on. Men, you are the key. Men, you are the key. Not your women praying, but you praying. You praising God. Because you see, when your kids see dad praising God, they must be, there must be something to that. You see, the pattern hasn't changed. It's the blood that's shed, the priests that are shouting and dancing into the presence of God as they bring the presence into their own house. Well, pastor, it's just, I, I just don't. Can I tell you, last Sunday, Annie was sitting right here. And, and I, I was standing right there. And I looked up, and I don't know, something, and two or three of you begin to stand, and Annie stood. How many of you know Annie? How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm nuts, right? I'd jump, whirl, shout, I don't care. And Annie went, heaven moved. Heaven moved. I, 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 I was almost stuttering. I started talking in tongues. Because Annie moved. I don't expect you to jump and shout like I do, but I do expect you to move. Amen. And so for some of you, it's this. For some of you, it's a toe. But you cannot sit the way you've been souring, soaking, and expect to call that praise. Because if it's in your heart, it will move your body. And David was leaping and jumping and dancing. Are you trying to get us all to dance? Yes, I am. Every one of you. Now, some of you could just do this. That would be great. But you can't do nothing. Because the glory and the presence of God will ruin you. And all of a sudden, you won't care what they're thinking about you. You will lose your self-image, and it won't matter. You see, when God visited me, I wasn't thought anymore. Over 40 years ago, I stopped caring what you thought. Because I begin to realize that if I would abandon myself to worship, the presence of God would fill the whole earth, particularly my own little life. And all of a sudden, the changes that I had been trying to make begin to supernaturally take care of themselves. While most of the church is trying to fix each other, God's just wanting you to let him in. He'll do the fixing. Oh, well. See, some of you think, I know them. I know people that think, well, if I could just teach this, if I could just teach this, if I could just teach this. No, honey, without the presence of God, your words will block the very tradition of God. Oh, well. Touch your neighbor and say, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, it'll change everything. Moses was ruined. David was ruined. Isaiah was ruined. Paul was ruined. If you ever experience the glory of God as the result of you joining in the praise of the angelic host of heaven and earth, that coming together of heaven and earth will open up everything in your life. But do I have any nuts in here? That's the question, is do we have enough people that will take us to another level of anointing by beginning to realize that we cannot mock God like Michael, that we have to lose our dignity in order to participate in the deity of God, that there is a huge difference between giving a, a tip and giving oneself. 
I have people all the time tell me, well, I, I can't afford to tithe. Yeah, just keep tipping. See how far that gets you. You never move forward with a tip. You move forward when you become radical in your giving. You become fo- move forward when you become radical in your prayer, when you become radical in your worship, when you decide to make every moment count. That this moment belongs to the Lord. The Bible says that when Moses stood in the glory of God, his face shone. But it also says that that glory faded. But the Bible says that when you stand in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ, that glory will change you from glory to glory to glory. Can I tell you, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but He has redeemed us. Jesus came to redeem us, to restore to us His glory. And in the face of Christ, we are changed Can I tell you, none of you have stood in front of the physical Christ, and yet all of you have met him. None of you were there when he had 11, 12 disciples, but all of you have met him. All of you have come face to face with the Christ. Every one of you. But you've been so distracted that you didn't see it. Isn't it interesting that every time someone dies, all of a sudden people are caught up. You've all come into the presence of the Christ. You've all seen his face. I don't care whether you look left or whether you look right. But the person seated beside you was made in the image and likeness of God, crowned with his glory and his honor. There is glory sitting in every one of here. And every time you look into the eyes of another person, you are seeing the Christ. Whether they are black or white, green, yellow, Mexican, German, or American. Can I tell you, nationalism will, nationalism will steal this gospel. This is not an American gospel. This is not a Mexican gospel. This is the gospel of the kingdom of God. And as long as you remain prejudiced and preferenced, you will miss the Christ in the eyes of either friend or foe. I cannot get caught up into the arguments of this world because I'm too busy trying to find the Christ in every face I see. And when you see the Christ in every face you see, then something will happen on the inside of you. You suddenly will be ruined because now we have love one for another. We love all the same. Whether I vote this way or where I vote this way or where I go this way or where I go that way, I'm here to announce to you that today's the day the glory of God can be revealed once we begin to look into the eyes of one another and see the very face of God. It'll ruin you. it'll ruin you in this way. You'll have to step out arguments. You'll have to step out of debates. You'll have to step out of criticism. You'll have to disengage from the things of this world. You'll have to not get entangled with what's going on down here because you're so enraptured. I'll be ruined. Ruined for this world and prepared for that one. Am I making any sense? That's the church. The church should absolutely be people that have been ruined for the things of this world and begin to walk in all the reality because we're going to go get the presence of God. Oh, you're not here. Say with me, I have to have this. Anybody remember that story about Bartimaeus? Anybody, the blind man? And Jesus is walking through this little town called Jericho. And Jesus is walking through Jericho, and, and, and actually, Bartimaeus, I, I've been there, Bartimaeus was sitting here, and he's blind, and he gets, Jesus gets about 20 miles on the side, and somebody tells Bartimaeus, hey, Jesus was here. And he, 20 miles, I've seen it, 20 miles, and Bartimaeus is back, he goes, what do you mean Jesus is here? He says, Jesus just walked by, about 20 minutes ago, he's down the road. And Bartimaeus stood up, anybody know this story? What did Bartimaeus start doing? Jesus. Jesus. He didn't text him. He didn't Facebook him. He didn't call him up. He didn't go, Jesus. Oh no. Oh no. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Some of you are so busy, Jesus, because you don't want it. You don't want the world to know that you've decided to put all your hope, trust, faith in Jesus. But you see, when Bartimaeus realized that Jesus was that close, he said, I ain't missing this. I ain't missing this. I I don't care what anybody else says. Jesus! Oh, pastor, could, could we do a prayer meeting? You have your prayer meeting. Jesus! 
I can tell you, you can break through just like that. I had this lady tell me, we're going to spend all night bombarding the gates of heaven. Did you know heaven has no gates? They're always open. Stand on the outside and beat on the gate, they ain't there. It's the wrong city. God's really not impressed with the length of your prayer. Bartimaeus shouted. One of the things I've learned at pastoring is babies never care whether I'm done. They, they never care. If there's a baby in the back and it's time to eat, they don't care. They just start crying and whining and kicking and cussing and, you know. And, and I just want you to understand that unless you become as a child, Unless you become as that child, I have to have his glory. I have to have his presence. And if he's anywhere where he can hear me, I guarantee you I'm going to shout. I guarantee you this 63-year-old man is still going to jump as long as these knees let him jump. That if we will recognize that his presence is available, his glory, his tangible reality is in this room this morning. And that your job is not just to sit there as a spectator, but your job is to participate in the reality of that. You'll discover the purpose and the power will be revealed. That the problems remind us of our purpose and that purpose is to praise. And when we begin to praise, the power of God begins to work in miraculous ways to open the eyes of the blind, to set at liberty those who have been held captive. That that really is within your grasp. It really is within your reach. And when God can find a people who are ready to disengage from what is acceptable. When God can find a people who are just radical enough to go ahead and just lean into the presence of God. Can I tell you? We'll move from a visitation to a habitation and the presence of God will begin to break out all around us. All these things we've been worried about, we will worry about no more. Hmm. I saw the Lord. I saw Him. I saw him. I saw him yesterday. I saw him this morning. What you see? What are you looking at? What are you paying attention to? What are you looking for? A lot of people come to church just to criticize. Love you. Ah, he said, Abraham, let me take you out here. Genesis chapter 13, verse 13. Abraham, let me take you out here. And from where you are, whatever you see, north, south, east, I will Give it to you. I could preach this morning on from where you're at. Right from where you're at. Whatever situation you're in, whatever problem you're in, whatever funk you're in, from where you are, if you look up, whatever you see, I'll give it to you. You have to be willing to see beyond Uzziah. Whatever it is that's blocking your vision. You have to be willing to look beyond the religion of the status quo, that which is acceptable. You have to be willing to see angels, to hear their voices. You have to be willing. Because once you're willing, can I tell you, the response is nothing less than full-on praise, shouts. Amen. <laughs> I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live in the midst of people of unclean lips. And the angel took the tongs and took the coal from the blue flame and touched his lips. And on the day of Pentecost, tongues of fire set down on the lips. This is not a charismatic message that you can dismiss just because you're Baptist, Methodist, or Episcopalian. This is the truth that comes out of the scripture that's never changed. Once you have seen the Lord, you have to ask Him to touch your lips. You have to confess. You have to allow the spirit of fire to do something with this. You can't sit there and hear me and not recognize that when this happens, something happens to this. And He said, my sins were purged because my lips were touched. If you want your sins purged, something has to burn your mouth. It has to burn out those things. And can I tell you, it wasn't the speaking in tongues that hit me initially. But it was the praise of the living God. Something hit my lips and I began to praise God. And listen to me. Your pastor wasn't always saved. I 
I'd go from cussing to praising. It'd be one moment I'd be cussing at that thing. Next thing I'd be praising God. Can I tell you, it got less and less. Oh, some of you ain't even honest enough to be honest. I struggled. I struggled with getting that thing. Sometimes I still see people struggling. I know you know Jesus, but you need to ask God to keep touching those lips with fire. You need to keep asking God to keep burning out that stuff that used to be just little, 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 little. You need to ask God to do that. And one of the best ways to do it should be to praise Jesus. Turn on music. If you don't have one of my phones and just praise music all the time, you need to get saved. Because I'm telling you, everywhere I go, that iPhone's playing a song. I, I was headed to Ryan's house the other day. I had to go pick up Ryan because we was going to go to Wichita and spend all day with Liz. And I got in my car and his song came on. Just talking to Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Just talking to Jesus. We're going to sing it. Just talking to Jesus. And I get out on 61 and I'm running towards Inman and I'm supposed to turn on a rapaho. Next thing I know, I'm in Inman. I'm just bawling. I'm just singing this song. And I'm thinking about my friend Liz who has cancer. And I'm thinking about what am I going to do? And I'm just talking and I'm praying. So I turn around and I head back down to. Next thing I know, another song's on. There's miracles in the house. And I'm sitting in Medora. So I turn around and I sit there and I thought, you just need to sit still, son. And in the middle of that car with that song going, the glory of the Lord filled that Jeep and all of a sudden the power of God. Oh, you're not here. Some of you need to make time for the praise of God and you'll, you'll stop cussing. It'll take over. You'll stop lusting. Oh, Jesus. You'll stop spending money on scratch pads at the store because that ain't where your money should go. Your money should go into the offering bucket. I seen you. Listen, your options to get a hundredfold from tithing is far better than winning a billion dollar bucket coming out of Quick Shop. You're silly. I, I stood there that day and watched one of my parishioners drop 20 bucks buying a scratch card. And I know they ain't giving. I went and looked. I don't ever look, but I'm thinking, you're standing there scratching 20 bucks away and throwing it in the trash. But if I talk about tithing, you get your feelings hurt. That's nuts. Well, how, you, how, 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 how am I ever going to win? You ain't. Just get it over with. Listen, if you'll begin to praise God, you'll get set free of the cussing, free of the lusting, free of the gambling, and you'll move over into faith of the sure thing of the glory of God being revealed into your life. Did you get the point? That's the point. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Touch your neighbor and say, we may, we, we may have to get more room. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to get out of the car and dance into the church. I'm serious. I'm just waiting for you to start spinning. Can I tell you how you learn to do this? You go home and you practice. I had to practice for it. The only broken bone I've ever had in my life is that foot. You know how it got broke? Over there. You know why it got broke over there? Because I was jumping in my socks. And I broke that foot. That's sacrifice. I know people have been injured playing basketball. People have been injured playing football. I had my nephew, they told me he threw his hip out playing pickleball. Pickleball? We don't play that in Kansas. Pickleball. Do his hip out. But if I tell the story of going as far as I can go, people think I'm crazy. I am. But can I tell you about what God's done in my life? Praise. 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 Praise, Jesus, 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 holy, 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 holy. I'm just ruined. I'm not good for anything anymore. But to give him praise. I'm telling you, the glory is sitting beside you. Have I, have I told the story in this room? See, I gave up trying to be recreative every Sunday. I gave it up. Once you preach 40 years, you know, the material hadn't changed. 
I give up. I am trying to be consistent. Have I told you the story about the fugitive? The rabbi? I did it on Sunday. I did it on Easter morning, didn't I? At resurre- I told it at resurrection. So the fugitive, the rabbi, and the village. And the fugitive is running from the, vill- from the soldiers. And he goes into the village, and the village hides him. And the soldiers come into the village, and the soldiers tell the villagers, we're going to kill you unless you give us the fugitive. So the villagers go to the rabbi, and they say, Rabbi, what are we to do? And the rabbi says, I don't know, but I'll spend the night reading the Torah and praying. Early the next morning, his eyes fall upon the reading of the Torah. Better for one man to die than for the whole city to perish. And the rabbi goes and tells the villagers. And the villagers turn the fugitive over. They take him away to kill him. And the villagers are throwing a party. And the rabbi is sad. And the rabbi goes back into his room. And as he sits there, the angel of the Lord appears. And the angel says, you just handed over the Messiah to be killed. And the rabbi says, how would I to know? And the angel says, if you had looked up from what you were reading one time and went and looked into the eyes of the fugitive, you would have known he was the Christ. Our challenge today is to look up from our judgments, to look up from the certainty that we have read even in the scriptures and look in the eyes of the people around us and see the Christ. And when we do, we will be changed from glory to glory to glory to glory. Stand with me. Hey, I hope the message truly inspired you today. If it did, do a couple things for me. Subscribe to our show and it'll just drop right into your feed and you can stay current with all that we're doing. The second thing is, is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you and you can become one of our givers and that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless and I'll see you next time time.